Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Nicole. Well, yeah, I was going to introduce you. But <laughs> I know how this already all works. <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, Nicole, uh, we're here to talk about a uh, customer experience program that you've been doing at CU. So instead of me butchering the name, why don't you tell us what the name of the program is, how you got involved, and what the heck it's about. Yeah, so back in March, I was approached to be on the advisory board for the CU Customer Experience Certificate Program. Um, and it's a course that CU offers through the LEAD School of Business that really helps people get involved with customer experience. They're really looking for people that have more you know, hands-on working experience to help shape the curriculum of the program. Right, so they have a customer experience program that, they'll, that, they're, that they offer to whatever, uh, certain like uh, degrees or whatever, but they've reached out to certain people to say, can you, you know, review the material and tell us what you think, give some feedback on it to yep. help improve the program. So you've been doing this for how long? Um, I was approached in March, so you know a few months now. It's really self-paced, so the commitment is they, um, there's quarterly board meetings. And so every quarter we meet as a group to talk through feedback, um, kind of get into the material, and you take the course. So it's like either I could take it or I could have delegated it to someone on my team and you know give their feedback you know, through me through the course. Um, but I have been going through the modules. So it's an eight-module course. It's all self-paced. They do offer an in-person version as well, but kind of like that it's kind of self-study. Um, and I'm about halfway through the modules right now. Cool. So four of eight? Four of eight. Look at that. I can do the math. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and what have, have you, what has your takeaway been so far? Is it a course you'd end up recommending to people? Do you think there need to be major changes? Like, have you gotten anything out of it? Yeah, I think it's great. I think customer experience is a term that is used very often, but it's one of those things that feels hard to define. Um, I think not, I was going to say in the industry, but really just across, you know, working organizations. I think that you, when you think customer, you think, okay, who is my, in this case, client services team? Who is my support team? Who is interacting with my customers on a daily basis? And what this course really does is help you approach that experience that you're having with your customer at a company level. So they're, you know, preaching that this is not just that team that's interacting with your customers. It's everything. It's your brand. It's your, you know, website. It's basically the emotion and the perception that your customers have of your brand from the second that they interact with your company. People don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. Exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Simon Sinek. Uh, makes me seem smart. So, uh, I think he says that. Is that... Did he steal I feel like this else? is a quote, yeah, that's been like kind it's of like circulated. John, like a John Wanamaker quote where it's like everyone attributes it to him. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting because you didn't go to uh, college for uh, customer experience. I don't even know that it was a, do you have any idea how long this type of program has been around? Meaning like, like, like I was just telling, I was doing an intro for one of our new employees today to, to the industry. And I was like, well, there's a lot of hospitality degrees out there, but you don't hear really about property management degrees. So I feel like customer experience or account management isn't a degree I would be familiar with. Right. So you didn't go to school for that. You went for journalism. Now that you have world experience, you got reached out to do to, to get looped into this thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying you haven't, it's not like you can compare it to something that you went through before. Right. You're really comparing it to true life. So um, yeah, comments. 
<laughs> well, I think it's interesting <laughs> as you're going through that. I was thinking of just all the different degrees, you know, the very specific marketing and advertising, like digital marketing degrees that you now can can get. You know, I, they didn't have that when I was in college. I think I got a broad, you know, I got a broad communications degree with a focus in journalism, but they didn't have like digital advertising like they do today. So I think it's just great that the industry is, you know, putting more of a focus on the digital piece of this evolving. So I guess where, what I'm getting at is, do you feel that the customer experience is more of a newer thing and, um, I don't know, gaining momentum where it's like, hey, we got to think about, as you were saying, the whole customer journey. And frankly, I think you were telling me before about the employee journey too, and not just, you know, strict transactions. Right. I don't think it's newer at all. I think just the way that, you know, it's packaged up and almost like the tools that support it are trying to become more mainstream um, and more widely adopted. I think that companies don't always think customer experience first. And what this course helps you realize is that whether you're a data engineer or you know running social campaigns, it's like you are part of that customer experience and it's every single person's responsibility to help shape that. And so I think this is helping give organizations a way to address customer experience kind of from like a high level um, and make it feel that this is something that permeates their entire culture. So based on what you've, you know, it's helped you organize in your head before that maybe you didn't uh, slash maybe new concepts. What what has this out of the four or eight modules you're through, has this changed anything with what your team will be doing or, or different initiatives, different ways that you want to approach you know, your side of the business? Well, my side for sure, but I think at Digital as a whole, I think we could, I think we do a really great job. Like as I was going through this, it asked certain questions of like, you know, does every single person in your organization ask themselves these questions when it comes to the customer? And I really do feel that. I feel like in every meeting we are in, you know, whether it's the data team saying, hey, but what does the customer think about that? Like we are very customer first. And so a lot of this was reassuring for me as I went through it. Um, the other thing I was thinking about just, you know, globally for digital, how does this apply is like having some type of customer experience team, someone that's overseeing everything. And I know we talk about this a lot with marketing is kind of where we're, uh, where we have a gap right now that's kind of being led by committee versus an entire department, but something that can sit over customer experience and say, okay, how are our support tickets doing? How's our social experience? How's the website? Um, how are we doing at conferences? How's our client services team doing? And some, someone that's wrapping that all together, I think, can be very interesting for us. Yeah, that um, it's almost, it's hard. On one hand, you could argue, like, we need someone in control of that before marketing even matters. Before, meaning, like, Digital has a marketing person dedicated to digital marketing. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, it, every, it's obvious that we should have a marketing person. I, it sounds like maybe marketing is something, maybe a lot of this gets dumped on marketing often because people don't have a team dedicated to it because what you just described sounded like you know if i'm czar i'd be looking at the marketing person saying hey how come you didn't consider how this would make someone feel so um back to like your team as it's organized today client services are there different tooling or things like things you've taken away that you feel you want to work on with your team or that would change the way that you guys approach the business yeah i think the thing that stood out to me was our onboarding so they basically part of the um, and the third module, you go through a journey mapping from your customers, you know, their point of view. And so you are documenting all the different touch points and the goal of each touch point. So, for mm-hmm. example, it would be like, okay, the initial outreach email is, you know, customer reaches out to digital. 
wants to have a quick call about our services. They have a property that's struggling. They want to see how we can help. It's like, okay, that's touch point number one. From there, there's an email scheduling a time, you know, right, back so the and goal. forth confirming the time. Yeah. Then you actually have the meeting. Then there's follow-up. And so it makes you go through each of those touch points, outline what is the goal of this touch point. And for me, it was a kind of eye-opening experience of like, there's a lot that goes on in the first few months of us onboarding an account. And I think there's opportunity for us to cut back on the number of outreach items that we have and really focus on the ones that are more meaningful. So it's like, if we're doing a video conference, like, you know, what, well, how can we make that more interactive and not just checking the box? We need these onboarding items. We need GA access. We need Google Tag Manager. Like, how can we make that more of a relationship building touch point? I love, I mean, it makes total sense to me, like that you should have a, a primary goal of this touch point. I mean, we talk about that with meetings. One of the things as we move to a four-day work week is uh, make sure what is that every meeting invite has the core issue or reason for the meeting there so that you don't leave the meeting without solving that. But also if you get off track of like, we got to solve this core thing, it doesn't become a wasted, it's not a wasted effort. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me why you would do the same with touch points. Um, do you, have you taken anything from this or what's your thought with, because on some hands I feel like we, it's a better customer experience and never have to talk to the customer for it to just be done. So like, let's say client, the scenario you gave clients, like my property's in trouble, you know, yada, yada. Um, there's a couple of touch points there that the, so that the person knows like, Hey, I got this email. We're working on it. We're going to get a time together, do a kickoff call. And some of that handholding touch point through the process can make someone feel like, Hey, we're doing things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you do too much of the done for you aspect where, cause you don't want too many touch points. If you, if you made the touch points, two total touch points for a campaign launch, it seems like it would be better for the customer because there's less involvement. But on the other hands, the customer, if they don't have a relationship with you, can be like, do you really got this? I don't know, because I'm used to having a bunch more touch points. Right. So have you, do you have any thoughts around, is there a balance between like actually doing too much for the customer, if you will, and not almost like, I guess it's more updates to be the core issue or so that they feel involved? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, um, interesting thoughts on like high tech high touch versus tech touch and tech touch huh. is more of like the SaaS platform where it's like you don't really talk to anyone so if you get your login you're kind of good to go maybe you have like a quarterly check-in um, with your account manager um, whereas high touch you know you're touching that account very frequently there's a lot of updates um, so we are definitely more in the high high touch side of things um, I think for the services that we offer, because it is a true service where work is being done each month, it's different. It's different each month. There's different outcomes. That makes sense for us to have more of a higher touch. But we have talked about internally, what, is there a blend that can work for us for bringing in some of that tech touch piece of it? Like maybe on the PM company level, could we be doing like quarterly business reviews um, where we're connecting with the corporate team or the higher ups less frequently, but more valuable than what they would need to know on a monthly basis. So is tech touch, I mean, I've never heard that before. It's really interesting. The term is interesting. Is that more automated touch points from technology or does it mean something else when you say tech touch? I mean, good question. My perception of it is that it's a little bit of both. Um, I think of it as like the true SaaS experience where it's like you have someone, um, Lessonly, for example, like we have Savannah that we can reach out to, but for the most part, it's like we go through the support ticketing system um, so that you have a team that if you need something you can submit a ticket but you don't have someone that's like you're constantly in contact with right i think of ninja cat like ninja cat you guys are in there every day but you guys meet quarterly with 
Megan yeah. uh, from their side. And so maybe part of the tech touch is like, well, if they're touching the tech all the time, the tech is kind of being... Right, and then I'm still learning a lot about it, but it's interesting just the goals, you know, and kind of the KPIs for that, like the tech touch side of things. Like you're going to be tracking more of engagement rate, usage, the time in the platform. Like in that case, your platform is really doing the work for you. Um, you're kind of removing the human element. So Reed often will talk about what's this look like in five years or what's it look like in 50 years. So uh, have you, do you have thoughts around that? I know we did this even just at our uh, back to office, like brainstorm session, but you know, yeah, where did you, is it, <laughs> well, I mean, is it like, it, like in five years or 10 years, will there be account managers, not just a digital, but just generally speaking, or will it be more than 10? I mean, I like to believe that people always want someone that they can reach out to. Um, so I don't believe that it's going away. I do believe that it will um, become less frequent in terms of how often you're talking to people. But I do believe that um, people want that human interaction. They When they have a problem, they want to get it resolved immediately and they don't want to go through um, technology if they can avoid it. So does the job of, in our case, and I, I know we need to talk about customer experience beyond just client services, but... In our case, do you see like five, 10 years from now, it's less frequent? So then what does it, does that mean the account manager has to handle more properties per person? I think it depends what our services evolve into. I think we're talking a lot about how can we provide high um, value services at scale and how can we use technology to do that? And so I think if we are able to use technology to automate a lot of the stuff that we're doing that is more manual now, then I do think we will need less. Um, interaction, meaning if we can automate reporting, if we can do the analysis of reports using natural language, like our account management team is doing a lot of that now. So I do think technology is going to replace a lot of that, but I still think you're going to need the human to interpret it, deliver the message, uh, and be there for support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, how about for our clients? Is there anything that you would have taken away so far from this where you feel like, wow, this is something an apartment marketer or whoever an apartment should consider with when it comes to their end customer. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because it's, you know, everyone has customers, so it applies to every single business. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me was this, um, they, they dove into perception. And so some stats that they had was that 80% of companies think that they're providing a superior experience and 92% of customers disagree with that. I mean, that's a big yeah, if 92% of customers disagree that you're providing a great customer experience. So I think perception is huge. Um, part of that is like voice of the customer. So how often are you getting feedback, you know, doing NPS surveys? How are you collecting that raw feedback from your clients so that you don't skew your own perception of how you are doing as a company? Mm -hmm. So um, do you think we're is unaware of we think we do provide, like when, when we talk about differentiators, we're like, oh, we, we have to, that, this has to be one of our secret weapons is our customer service. So do you think we're as misaligned with our customers? I don't think we're as misaligned. I really, I strongly believe that we provide an exceptional experience and a great customer service, but I think it would be naive for us not to like question that and validate that with data. Mm -hmm. have, have they gotten into like how you do collect that data then? Because I know you've looked at a lot of things like, Trying to think of the like that email survey platform you looked at, but you've looked at a lot of these like NPS. Yeah, we've well, like delighted in the yeah. past um, for NPS. Um, we've done we did a huge push for like Google reviews. I mean, I think part of it is making it your day to day. So like always asking for feedback on 
calls, emails, and just as you're interacting with clients. So we've done a decent job of that. I think we haven't done a great job like aggregating that data like together that we can look at like quarter over quarter, month over month and kind of do an ad hoc initiative. So I think that's an area that we can get better at. Yeah. um, Bringing it back real quick to our clients, I would say when you think about customer experience, to me that, that what you're describing is every touch point ever for the lifetime of the customer. So it's when they're a prospect, before they're a prospect even, when they're a prospect, they're a lead, a guest card, as well as like when they're actually like moved into an apartment. So what I've witnessed is one of the biggest disconnects is like the way that a guest card is treated before they, you know, before they sign a lease versus once they sign a lease. To me, it feels like it's almost like a, like you're crossing some sort of border <laughs> and it's like, oh, you, you used to be in Russia and now you went, you know, whatever, into Eastern Europe. I, it just seems like there, it's like a totally different handoff person and experience particularly, and it's getting better. Like there are, there are softwares now that can help that are helping um, make the actually like life of a resident feel more like tech savvy and modern versus being as in the, as, as in the archaic system. So I'm just saying it has traditionally felt like there's not a lot going on there from, from my point of view in particular, like when we talk about, um, like uh, churn at properties and a lot of times the marketer will say like oh I don't have anything to do with churn that's all on operations mm-hmm. and so to me that they don't have that person thinking about the total customer experience from before the lease after the lease during the lease yeah I think identifying your customers pain points is a huge part of this and I think we do a decent job of that um, we like for any Fiona feature we release we try to do surveys to say um, two marketers specifically to say of these headaches, one to five, like what is your biggest pain point? What I think we can do better, and you did this a few years ago, is like more shadowing real world experience of what their job is actually like. So I know two years back you went on site, sat with the property manager for an entire day, um, shadowed them really to understand what gets thrown at them, how many things like they're juggling to really understand what their day to day is like. Um, and I'm sure even just one day, you felt like you could probably spend more time and learn more. So I think for the marketing team and even the operators, that's an opportunity for us now. You know, that's hard to actually execute on, but really sitting down with them and, and understanding their workload to, to then know why their pain points are what they are. Yeah, um, I even feel like it would be valuable for our team to go to a property and just work at the property management office. So you don't even have to like shadow. But when we did the um, back to office scavenger hunt, I was positioned at a property. And so I was just sitting there getting to see the people come in and out and talk to the property manager and leasing agent for like two hours. (laughs) And I I feel like I just got so much out of that. So I feel like um, that's a, and I don't want to just put that on the wish list, but that would be worthwhile is having our account managers like just go work at one of their offices for half a day or whatever, just to see, just to get a feel for it. Um, and then on the marketer side, I've only done that in batches. So I'll ask a marketer like, Hey, can you show me how you do this? And they'll spend like 30 minutes walking me through a a particular task, but I've never done the full day. Um, one of the things that I've been really curious about, and I've I've actually pestered a number of customers on their process, but is the, the pitch process as they pitch third party, when they're third party management and pitching new owners. And I find the variation between each of the companies I've done that with, it's, it's wild to see like how each of the pitches are doing. And I, you know what? I bet it's the same for, for agencies, though. 
I bet if we looked at another agency pitching somebody, it'd be way different than the way we do it. But it's been really interesting to me to see how they how they each approach it for their, if you will, like their other customer, right? Because they have the consumer, but they also have the uh, the owner. All right. Well, anything else um, of note that you think we should talk about? Um, I mean, I thought this was interesting. They talked about what they call the customer experience continuum, which is basically kind of this circular um, chart that has different stages that your customers go through um, from the moment that they become aware of your company and your brand to the stage where they become an advocate. So it's almost like, I mean, it applies a lot to our business because all of our business is referral business. And so from someone becoming aware of you, they then go through the phase of building trust. Um, like getting their commitment to you, like basically making that commitment, signing that deal, going through this honeymoon phase, um, building their relationship. What does that partnership look like? And then eventually becoming an advocate. And so the way that this course broke it down was looking at these seven stages. What can you and your team do to make sure that they are having an experience, uh, a great experience throughout the way? And when they say experience, they're really, they call it the warm fuzzies. So like, how do you feel at each stage? Like really digging into um, what exposure they're getting to your brand and then what the emotional perception is of that exposure. Hmm. How many stages? Seven. I thought you said seven. I didn't want to be wrong because I was thinking about the seven stages of or eight stages of grief. Something in that, right? Same number. It just, I, I, you don't hear a lot about the stages, about stages with things, but that, that's the other one where I think about stages. So um, I feel like that's, talk about a blog post. I feel like that's worthy of a blog post to, to put up the yeah. seven stages. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, so yeah, learning a ton again halfway through. I mean, we didn't really even kind of dive into a lot of like the very specific details, but um, I think the back half goes more into like the data piece of it. So how do you track success at your organization? How do you set goals? How do you get the rest of your company on board? Because I think customer experience is something that, from an operational level, is like you know, oh, there's not revenue tied to it. Why do we need this? Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is something that. Is foundational for the business. Well, I mean, if you look at different examples of go back to hospitality, but it's like the Ritz could be the Ritz because they get to know the individual customer and put the garbage can in the room where that customer tends to like it, right? So um, I do see how it would be hard to tie an ROI back to it. But at the same time, like you you know when you get good customer experience and it does make a difference. It's like uh, we had to take the spirit flight back from... Uh, a couple of weeks ago on our vacation and everybody immediately when we came back and like, Oh, how was it? And we said, Oh, we had to take spirit because Southwest canceled. They all give groans like, Oh, I'm sorry. Your life must yeah. be terrible. And it's like, cause yeah. And spirit can't charge as much as, you know, like a JetBlue or something. Right. So, uh, anyways, I'll be fascinated to hear what you find out in the, I guess the weeks ahead. How much longer is the program? It's self-paced. We've only had one um, quarterly meeting so so far. So the next quarterly meeting is in September. So I'm hoping to have at least two more modules done before then. So is it really like it's an annual thing, basically? It's, it's an annual commitment for the advisory board. Yeah. So this group that's on the board now commits to a year. You can take the course as quickly as you want. Yeah, yeah. Strategies are not pacing your course. Are you procrastinating? Are you... Uh... I, I, my plan was to do, um, I was doing like one module a weekend because they take like three or four hours. Um, and then I just got you know off track with our travel and stuff. But the first board meeting was more like meet and greets kind of intro. We didn't really get into the meat of the platform or the, mm-hmm. the curriculum. So next board meeting, I'm going to kind of re like revisit some of my notes. Um, cause I think the purpose of this is to basically say how actionable is this? So there's a few things 
in some of this um, modules that we were going through that I pointed out of like, you know, feels a little bit outdated. There's not social examples. Social is such a big part of how people interact with your brand and your voice. Um, you know, there should be more information on how to like approach that or at least make that part of the, the journey. So a few things like that, but I think for the most part, um, it's a great like foundational, foundational piece. Yeah. Well, I'll get a kick out of whatever you learn from the data side and I'm sure Lurch will want to talk about it because MPS, I feel like everyone's stuck to MPS for a while, but I've also got this, like, I've heard a little bit of chatter from people, like, really pushing back on NPS yeah. and saying it's garbage. Do you have? <laughs> well, NPS would be, so they would, they would list, like, eight things, and NPS rolls up under what they call voice of the customer. So voice of the customer is basically your feedback. So NPS, Google reviews, like, any type of surveys you're doing, what you hear on calls, that's all, like, what your customers are saying about you. So I think NPS is important, but I don't think you can look at it isolated i think it has to be part of that bigger picture of your customer's voice right so the thing is like a lot of us know like let's just say in the business world understand that like the customer and their opinion is important a lot of we may have seen the silver bullet being nps before being like oh great one easy metric to pay attention to but what you're saying is it's only like a small piece of what really customer experience is and they're you're going to find other ways that that needs to be measured. Yeah, I'm saying it's a small piece of voice of the customer, and voice of the customer is like one-eighth of the the bigger piece. Oh, no. It's getting complicated there, Brennan. (laughs) There's a lot that goes into it, and I, you know, I don't, it's, you know, it's stuff that's kind of, again, it's, I don't know, you would say squishy feeling, right? (laughs) I like this is very squishy feeling, like how do you measure this, like what's the hard data, but it really talks a lot about the emotional component. So how how do you make your customers feel from them interacting with your people, your process, your system, social media, anything that they can interact with? How do they feel about that? What's their perception? So super hard to measure, um, but there's so much that goes into it. Cool. Well, I learned a lot so far. I feel like I learned voice of the customer, tech touch. Those are my new buzzwords. I'm going to be <laughs> flying through the office and people are going to think I, you know, I know things. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm excited to do a round two. All right. Thanks. That was actually, you learned a lot and you don't tell me. I feel like I got to schedule podcasts so that you can teach me. Do you think, it just feels to me like, it's one of those things that feels like uh, obvious. I don't think it's obvious. What, you, what, what part's obvious that like the customer matters? I don't know. It just feels squishy. Like I feel like there's more that I wasn't doing a good job of articulating. Really? I thought it was great. I, I'm surprised by how much you've learned. Yeah.